Welcome to the For Evansville podcast. I'm Ross Chapman, and I'm here with Adrian Gregrich. Hello, Adrian. You're making your debut. I on know the podcast. it's my first time, and you don't know this, friends, but uh, Adrian's been in the room actually when we've been recording for most of the episodes. In the background, she's right there in the background, uh, listening in, and she uh, is our uh, operations and communications coordinator and she does a great job uh, helping everything happen at for evansville and so we're really excited to have her be uh, co-host today and we're going to be exploring economic capacity continuing to understand some of the the needs and dreams of our community and what is uh what are some of the biggest things we can focus on to become a city that allows everyone to flourish more and more so thanks for tuning in thanks for listening in uh we're we've got some great guests uh, to help us think about economic development and how that impacts uh, our whole region and how we experience life here in Southwest Indiana. So I'm excited to introduce you to Greg Wathen. Uh, he has served as the president and CEO of the Economic Development Coalition of Southwest Indiana since 2007, but now he is the co-CEO at Evansville Regional Economic Partnership, and we will get into all of that in the podcast episode. Uh, but he, during his tenure, he's helped garner over $2.8 billion in investments. That was a B. Yeah. Over 3,500 jobs and over $115 million in state and federal grants for the region. And he's also been named for the second time in two years as one of the top 50 economic development professionals in North America. Yeah, that's, Greg. That's huge. We're really glad Greg's in our city. Yes. And we have another guest. Audrey Burkett is also working at EREP, uh, Evansville's Regional Economic Partnership, and previously worked with Greg at the coalition. And she, I know from my experience, uh, just knowing her a little bit, uh, she's kind of the get it done person, uh, keeping everything running behind the scenes and uh, also uh, a marketing person who helps communicate what in the world the economic development <laughs> world is doing. Yeah. And so Audrey and Greg, thank you so much for taking time to join us today and helping our listeners understand a little bit more about our economic capacity. So before we get started on our conversation today, we just want to know why you love Evansville and maybe what brought you to that point. Uh, we like to say you're not living in Evansville, but you're living for Evansville. So did you have any turning points uh, to make you feel that way? I, I think for, for me, I'm a boomerang. I uh, grew up on the West side, moved away for several years. And um, after some time in my career, had the opportunity to come back and was introduced to Greg and I would say lucked into the world of economic development. I had no idea what economic development was. Uh, I grew up on a dairy farm. I'm an ag communications major by heart, a marketer at heart. And I had the opportunity very early on uh, when coming to the legacy organization that I got to be involved in a quality of place initiative called Regional Cities, where um, we were finding projects and competing for a $42 million grant to really build the region, make this a great place to, to be where, where people wanted to, to come here and, and to stay here, quality of life projects. And I think for me, the turning point was coming back from the bus ride home from Indy after we had just been awarded and, and really hitting home that, oh my goodness, 
we now have this next five years to make this tremendous impact on the community that I call my hometown and that I, I get to make uh, an impact in the, the future of, of what Ev the Evansville region could be. That was a great, one of those great aha moments for me. That's a cool story. What a, what a great one. A little different perspective from my standpoint. Um, March 1st, 2007 was my very first day at the job. And I took this job of, with the coalition, at that time with the coalition, the Economic Development Coalition, and primarily because I had an opportunity to really help set what the organization would look like. And even though we had a, we had a draft sort of strategic plan, you really could sort of have your hands engaged and involved in helping change a, a broader region. But on that very first meeting at eight o'clock in the morning, I met with those individuals from Whirlpool uh, who ultimately made the decision to shut the facility down here. So I came out of that meeting thinking, boy, did I make a mistake or what? But what it told me is that what you do in economic development truly, truly matters. It, it impacts people's lives. And so for us, I've always felt that way is that as you're coming in, it's not just the job, it's, it's the ability to change the place you live. And, and so for me, it's always been that part of exciting part of what we do. Uh, you, you, you're engaged and involved in a lot of different aspects of development across the board, uh, from, from small businesses to large businesses to nonprofits to, uh, to the kind of things that really make up the fabric of what we call our broader community. And so from my standpoint, it, it really just, I think Evansville is that right-sized Petri dish that, that allows you to get your arms around it. Sometimes some communities are just so large, they're so broad that it's really difficult to get your hands around how can you affect change. Here, I think in, in the broader region, we see it every single day by the kinds of things we do. We've done a lot of great things in the past in particular, but we did it sort of in a silo function. So I'm really excited as we come through Talent 2025 and some of the things we've done now blending these organizations together, it allows us to collectively come together and work in a collaborative manner to really affect change for the broader region. That's awesome. I, I, I like how you both kind of answered that the way that you kind of decided or realized that you were for Evansville was kind of the compelling nature and attractiveness of just making an impact, making a contribution. Uh, and I, and I think that's really important because it can be, we can, we can think about our cities and the place we live as mostly something to consume, uh, to go have fun and it should do this for me. And I should expect this from my city. And what you both have said is I became for Evansville when I realized that there was something compelling to the idea that I can contribute and make other people's lives better. And in turn, probably your own. And so just excited to hear from you all the rest of this conversation, uh, how you've been working that out. You know, it's sometimes it's really hard to do what we do in really large communities or communities who, who just don't want to work in a collaborative manner, even if they're small communities, uh, working together to affect change matters. And, and sometimes people don't always think of that. You're, I think as you talked about, it, you're always kind of look, what's in it for me? Well, what's, you know, I always kind of look at it this way. If I do a really fantastic job and I'm helping just be engaged and involved in that, there's significant reward for me and others. But you have to want to actually give in order to, to receive. And so that, that's, that's kind of how I've looked at it, from, at least from my career. That's great. When we think about economic development, this is what you guys are doing. Just help us understand uh, what we mean by economic development, what you guys 
actually do in your day-to-day lives and and then also why you're doing it. How did you get into that work and why are you passionate about it? Well, for me in particular, economic development is the most basic sense is wealth creation. And I know sometimes people don't think that's what we should be focusing on, but the reality is it impacts everything else, whether it be health outcomes, whether it be education outcomes, whether it be in terms of creating a place where somebody actually wants to live, our ability to uh, increase population growth. It really stems around our ability to grow an economy. I, I wanted to point out how there's three sectors. There's the public sector, the private sector, and the social sector. So the private sector is for-profit business. The public sector is government. And the social sector is nonprofit. And if you look at those, what you would realize is that the private sector fuels the other two. And that's a really important thing for us to remember because sometimes we think of for-profit businesses as the bad guys. And, And sometimes that's valid. But the reality is as successful as they are, we have more donations that go to nonprofits because of their success. And we have uh, more taxes that are paid that go to fund all of the things we expect our government to do for us. And so if our private sector is not strong and growing, you know, we're actually going to see how that's all connected to everything else we want to see from the public sector and the social sector. And I think that's one of the reasons why well, I know that's one of the reasons we highlighted this as a key issue, um, because it is so foundational um, to the flourishing of everyone, because all that other stuff that we've been talking about that might have more of a nonprofit or a government focus in terms of meeting those needs. Um, well, that's th- dependent on a very successful private sector. If you can't grow an economy, why do people want to be here in the first place? Mm-hmm. And so for us, it's, it's all connected and that interconnectivity really matters from that standpoint. Yeah, I, it reminds me of uh, Thanksgiving, actually. And if we thought about pumpkin pie, and at least in my family, the pumpkin pie is really great. And so everybody wants a piece of the pie. And eventually the pie runs out and not everybody got enough and somebody got a bigger piece than someone else. Uh, but when we're talking about economic development, we're thinking we're, what we're doing is making a bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger pumpkin pie so that everybody can participate in it. At least that's how I think about it. So we're, you're growing kind of the economic pie or doing this wealth creation idea. And I think that's, that's really important. And I'm glad you guys are specifically focused on it. Audrey, how would you describe that? And then both of you, if you could just say like, how'd you got into that and why, you know, why are you waking up every day committing your life to this kind of thing? Sure. So when I first got into the world of, of economic development, I would, I would say it was by, Uh, by chance. I didn't know economic development was a thing until I had someone that connected me with with Greg and learned, you know, the great things that this organization does. Um, I I thought it was really business development and how do you help businesses expand and how do you attract them to the area? And I think the more that I've learned about economic development and the more that economic development is changing, it's, it's a culmination of things. It's the Um, How are you a resource for businesses, whether they're wanting to start, whether they're wanting to grow and expand, whether they're wanting to move here, coupled by how do you make this a really cool place to live? How do you make this a place where people want to be, where folks want to move to, where folks want to stay, to adding in talent development, to thinking about it's an important piece that everyone's asking is where's the talent, where's the talent? 
well, how are we building our talent? How are we developing them? How are we recruiting them? How are we retaining them? And so it's bringing those three things together, business development, placemaking, talent development into this uh, larger picture of what is economic development. That's great. So, so Greg, it sounds like you've been doing this for a little while and you've gotten other people passionate about it, like Audrey and probably others, I'm sure. But how did you, how did you get connected into this work and, and why have you remained committed to it? And why are you so passionate about it? Well, I, I really, Ross, I started out working, uh, I'm a marketer by trade and especially a marketer in particular in public relations, public affairs and strategic public relations. And how I got into economic development per se was uh, I was in Louisville. And, and we worked specifically with with, with a, for a, um, a couple of clients, one being the state of Kentucky in economic development, another being uh, Kentucky Highlands Investment Corporation, which still exists in eastern Kentucky. And then I, I really got to understand what I always thought of being economic development is really more strategic marketing side of things. Uh, and then how all the pieces fit and how it all connects. And I, I just found it really fascinating and, and enjoyed it and, and found myself that I actually had some talent in that space uh, and and then felt that as, as I was moving through my career, uh, and in particular, even when I was in a small community, as I grew up in Tell City and came back to that community, not under you had to understand how all the pieces fit. So people would say, "Why did you leave Louisville to come back in Perry County, where I, where I, I was before I came here?" I said, "Well, think about this. In, in in Louisville, we focused on one thing and one thing only. That was new business attraction, trying to attract new businesses, new business opportunities into the marketplace. In Perry County." We created our own railroad, started our own railroad. We started our own port on the Ohio River. We built a couple of industrial parks. We put massive amounts of infrastructure in. And that helped us understand the building blocks for successful development as you move forward. And so from that standpoint, it really was a really great uh, in terms of, of a primer for allowing me to come into the Evansville market in the greater Evansville region, uh, fully understanding all these pieces have to fit or none of it really works very well. That, yeah, that is really helpful. Um, to, it, it sounds like what you're doing in economic development is looking at the big ecosystem of, of where we're living and how we can have the right foundational pieces in place so that we can generate more wealth and more families and individuals can, can flourish, can live a life that they want to live. And I know there's also been uh, like this, a lot of different groups kind of focused on that. And, and there was a recent announcement that there's there's been a merger. And so we wanted to give you guys a chance just to, Tell us, you know, what's the name of the thing you're working for now and what, and who's involved in, and what does that look like now? Uh, well, it's the Evansville Regional Economic Partnership. There were three legacy organizations that came together, one being the Southwest Indiana Chamber of Commerce, the other being the uh, Growth Alliance for Greater Evansville, which was the Evansville Vandenberg County Economic Development Organization. And ours that, we, that Audrey and both and I were affiliated with was the Economic Development Coalition of Southwest Indiana. And primarily, we, we always tell everyone, Nothing was broken from that standpoint. We were looking at, is there a better strategic model for how we deliver what we want to deliver and change, just change the community as a, as a whole? Because we knew, we knew very well that the status quo really didn't get us to the point where we needed to be. And so we saw this as an opportunity to bring these organizations together just to bring a greater level of value. Uh, and, and, you know, our, our mission is very simple. It's, it's, it says specifically that the new economic development, the economic development partnership promotes regional economic development, vitality through catalytic leadership, collaborative planning, and coordinated investment. 
And so that's kind of it in a nutshell from that standpoint. What's what's been really exciting, you know, from from my perspective looking at this merger is that each of these organizations had a really cool piece of the economic development puzzle that they they worked in. Um, and so as we've been as we've come together, none of those activities have stopped. And now it's um, a walk down the hallway. Uh, with all of us on the the same floor. So we're starting to see, what are we now, Greg, 63 days in, uh, we're starting to see some of the the fruits of our labor of of bringing us together and how that collaboration has been really important uh, and really impactful for us. Yeah, that's really cool. And, you know, we, on our podcast, we encourage and try to talk about uh, organizations that are working together and being more collaborative. And it's great to see you guys saying, okay, we can take a step forward in that. Let's think about a new way to do this and to work together in maybe a little bit more coordinated way. And we're all excited and we all hope to benefit from that great collaboration that you're doing. So uh, we're just excited about that. You know, I think, Russ, just to add, I think a lot of times what happens with organizations such as ours where these kind of mergers fail is, is primarily your, your unwillingness to set aside egos and then understand that culturally do these organizations fit. And so for us, especially when you look at with Tara Barney, myself being co-CEOs, we've been, we're seasoned people and we sort of set aside a lot of the egos as we're moving forward and making sure that whatever we do benefits the broader region. Because we've we've kind of been in our careers through our through our lives, and it and, and what we do now really matters for everyone as we move forward in setting that right foundational aspect of the organization. It, it will it truly has an impact on on the broader region. Yeah, that's exciting to hear you say. We would say that's a very for Evansville mindset of you to have, Greg. Thank you for doing that. That's that's awesome. Um, I wanna I wanna get your perspective on just our economic reality, and we've got some other things we want to definitely hit, but. Just as people are listening and we've been focusing on our podcast in the last five months on just some of the needs and dreams of Evansville. And so as you guys, with your vantage point on our economic realities, uh, positive challenges, um, like what are you seeing right now in our current kind of nearly post-pandemic reality? Um, what, What are you excited about? And what do you see continuing and moving forward as an opportunity for economic growth? And what do you see as uh, some challenges you're looking at on the horizon that you're preparing for? The exciting part of what we do, I think, is we're looking at this from a regional perspective. When you look at things such as labor shed, labor sheds are not individually set from one neighborhood to the next. They're shared over a much broader region. And, and in particular, when you look at a company, as an example, like Toyota, uh, Toyota has a typically from where they draw their their workers from their their team from about a seventy five to eighty mile radius, mm-hmm. and so that's that that certainly encompasses more than just Vandenberg County. It encompasses more than just the city of Evansville. It encompasses a, a greater region that includes three distinct states. So for us, uh, I think that's it's sort of doing a level set of what is the region where where do we focus on? Uh, I think going forward. Probably again, the the biggest challenge that anyone has at this point in time is talent, and and we all are, are seeing that. But it's not just here the ta- the the challenge for talent. It's talent everywhere across the U.S. and for that matter, Europe. And as you're looking at Asia, this this was really kind of a we've never really seen anything quite like this historically. Hmm. What happened where we saw this collapse because of COVID? We saw like this boom like pickup. And then basically what you're kind of seeing with inflation, everything sort of a sort of a whiplash effect that's occurring. And that's historic precedent. 
And how we move forward, will, uh, candidly, will, will really dictate how our economy over the next couple of years in particular will perform. How would you, um, how would you all describe how those realities specifically impact some of our, uh, I guess, larger um, business industries that we have here? You know, you guys talk a lot about manufacturing and life sciences. You know, how are those impacted by those uh, economic realities? And also, what is life sciences and manufacturing? What, what are we talking about? Our two largest sectors are manufacturing and, and life, health and life sciences. So when you look at manufacturing, it's the kind of, if you think of companies in particular, the, the Toyotas, the uh, Alcoa, Kaisers, the AstraZenecas, the Berry Globals of the world, uh, the Cooks, they're manufacturing products normally, and then employees work or team members work for those companies. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's kind of thing. We're really good at building things and doing things from that standpoint. And that's, we have a high level of competency and a lot of infrastructure supported. Health and life science in particular, the real strength of our health and life science, we're not, we're not so much doing bioscience research, though we do some of that kind of thing. Uh, more than likely what we do, our health and life science very broadly is in uh, healthcare in particular. It is a massive economic engine. It is our second largest uh, in terms of business sector, but it is our fastest growing sector. More than likely over the next two years, it'll probably be the fastest occupationally larger than manufacturing in terms of how many people are impacted by health and life science. Oh, wow. So it's 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 a growing uh, sort of, and think about what happened during the pandemic uh, in particular, health and life science in particular came to the forefront, as did companies like Barry who were manufacturing PPE products for all around the world. That's great. Yeah. And I, and I think it's just important to think, you know, I, I first moved here, I was trying to figure out what's, what drives Evansville's economic engine. Um, and I think it's, you know, just really helpful to know like our history as a city that's been really good at making things. Uh, if you haven't been downtown recently, you might not know there's a huge mural now on the high, on the side of a whole building that sort of honors the ability for us to make things during the war and contribute to the war effort in that way. And it seems that that's been, that's a little bit of our identity. You know, we've, we've become kind of, uh, we've developed a competency uh, that the the country and the world might rely on. And uh, I think that's a really exciting thing. Yeah. Ross, you, you brought up a great point on a mural. How does a mural downtown affect economic development, talent development? And so thinking back to, you know, what the role of evolving economic development with, you know, businesses helping them grow, expand, attracting them here, thinking about talent development, thinking about placemaking, it all revolves around, we want this to be a a great place for our businesses to thrive and our our people to want to live. And so as a thing as simple as a mural is something that has really, when you follow it on social media, it's made folks feel really proud to be here. Um, And so that's an important part of placemaking, which plays into the world of of talent retaining and and attracting talent to our region. So that's a a great example of how um, something like building more quality of place is important and as simple as, as a mural. What does that mean then for, you know, workforce development and helping people think about those jobs as something that would be exciting to to have and to p- kind of participate in something our region is known for? Um, and I think that question could really lend itself to helping people understand this talent 2025, this idea that's been maybe, maybe you've heard about it, maybe you haven't. Um, there's some people talking about it, but I know you guys would, would love to speak into that a little bit, but help us understand what that is and how it contributes to 
the conversation we're having about growing our wealth and our economic realities? Um, Talent 2025, um, we've, we've, we've been working on this for a while, but at its core, it's about how do we make sure that our region um, has is primed for growth and development? And, and it all boils down to talent. Um, we hear it loud and clear from our employers that uh, talent is a key uh, missing piece, the p- piece that needs to grow. Uh, and so how are we strategically planning uh, around this initiative? So for those of us who don't know exactly what Talent 2025 is, could you just walk us through those goals really quick? Yeah, one of our first goals is we want to be very deliberate about bringing in high paying opportunities into our region, um, especially those that build on our great history of manufacturing and health and life sciences. We need to grow our population here. So we've set a goal to increase our population by 10,000 residents, especially we want to target those that are in the early phase of their career. A third goal, we want to have a highly trained workforce. We want to be globally competitive and globally relevant. We have some great global headquarters here. And so we want to continue in that fashion. Another goal is we want to reduce the percentages of households that live in poverty. And a final goal, we need to be a healthier community. We want to have opportunities for folks to be able to improve their quality of uh, of life here uh, in the Evansville region. That's great. Yeah, that's super helpful. And, and those sound like the kind of things we hope people are focusing on, you know, and, and striving for doing better in those areas, that's going to be a benefit to everybody. Well, the great thing about it, once you lay out the goals and, and specifically individuals, small companies, large companies, nonprofits, other organizations, you can all participate to change this. You can, you can all find a place within this, this whole spectrum of, of things that we're trying to do to participate. And that's what makes the community more vibrant. That's a great point. And that's, you know, that's one of the things we are trying to help people think about is where are they for Evansville? And so you may be involved in a a nonprofit or a business or a church community, and you can think about how do we, how do we participate in some of those goals? And you'll be able to find those opportunities to do that. It's really the the key in many cases, and not just here, but across the country, you, you, most folks look at economic development as being a transactional process. The reality is it's more transformational. It's our ability. And, and then a lot of companies look at, instead of looking at their team members as being really partners in the process of, of providing services that somebody might want to purchase or, or, or need, in many cases, they look at, at individuals or, or just their workers as being more of a commodity. And the reality is that has to change. And so for us, talent is the key. The talent drives so many things. It drives the ability for somebody to start a new business on their own. It drives the ability to help an existing business grow, uh, but it's that kind of talent that helps us think of these bold, big and bold ideas to transform the community, whether it be in certain kinds of quality of place or how we look at education delivery. So uh, talent just drives so much of this. And uh, for us, uh, it, no better way to be able to do it is also to measure it because it, it's critical to be able to measure what we've done through Talent 2025. We actually, we, we, we measure ourselves against 10 peer communities across the country at, at, with 32 different metrics and seeing how well we are performing. And it, it allows us to lay out strategies and tactics to change the trajectory of the region, not just sort of be a, a passive reviewer of it, but also be involved in trying to have meaningful change and purposeful change as we move along. 
Yeah, and I, I want to back up too just a little bit and and ask you guys why it's called Talent 2025. And you referenced this earlier, Greg, when you're talking about it. it really comes down to talent, and everybody is kind of looking for talent, trying to find talent, get it mobilized into the right places. But when we say talent, what are, what are you talking about? Like, what is that really referencing in your mind? It's really people from that standpoint. Is our ability to attract and retain individuals, and and in particular, as we're sort of building this brand of, of Greater Evansville in Southwest Indiana and the broader region. Uh, so that's that's first and foremost. And I think in terms of our ability, as as you're looking at uh, beyond just the talent, why we call it Talent 2025, we looked at this initially as as sort of a five year snapshot of where we wanted to go and see how we can make changes, but knowing full well that it wasn't it wasn't the beginning and end, it was a trajectory change of where we were going. Because looking at the data, and, and we're all, lots of us are data geeks as you look at it, we weren't doing really that well. We were doing okay. And, uh, you know, when Jim Collins, is the, you know, his book, Good to Great, you, you can't just be okay. Uh, you need to be something better than that. And I think a lot of times people don't strive to be great because it, just being good is so difficult. And so for us, we decided we're, we're going to take that bold step and saying we need to change the direction we need to go. And we, we've got a great, in terms of integrated team, in terms of working through all these areas, whether it be educational attainment, whether it be looking at reduction in poverty, looking at our health outcomes, looking at population growth, wage and employment growth, and bringing those teams together because it's all aligned to move this engine that we call uh, Greater Evansville. Yeah, I just I, I actually like the word talent when we talk about you know, it's just the individuals who bring what they're good at and what they're gifted to do, their experiences, their skills into the economic engine and start creating more. And I think that's important to think about who we're developing, you know, and, and do we have, you know, systems in place in a, a city that is developing its own residents starting at a young age and also the ability to bring in talent from other places, people from other places who say, man, I really would love to live in a city like Evansville. Um, and for them to be able to find the kind of work that they would like to have. And so I, I think it's all really exciting. Uh, and I think people should know more about what we're doing with this talent 2025. And it is a really, really cool thing and a great opportunity. Um, so I know there's some, so many other things you guys are engaged in, but I did want to ask at least about this ready. That's how I hear it said anyways. And, uh, I think that's an acronym, um, but help us understand what that is and what we're planning for in terms of growing that, you know, doing that wealth creation through ready. What is that? Well, it really is. We kind of like to think of it as regional cities 2.0 for those folks that know what regional cities was. We're and Audrey mentioned it earlier, where we received $42 million. Uh, and, and leverage nearly a billion dollars of investment uh, throughout our region. Ready is the, is the next stage of that. This regional economic accelerator and development initiative at the state has set aside $500 million on a competitive basis to help again, sort of do what we did within regional cities, but take it to the next level. And so for us, we're working with our team and, and internally and working within the broader region of laying out those strategies that matter, that will have an impact as, as we move forward and try to change the region. So Audrey, I don't know, maybe you would like to add just a few more words on that. Yeah, um, we're, we're trying to, to work through right now and we've, we've done a 
lot of hard work on, on talent 2025, looking at how can we be the, the cool place to live that has high, high paying jobs, that's attractive to uh, young talent wanting to live and work in, in our region. Um, how do we make sure that we have an equitable opportunity for um, those that want to be in, in this region? And so we're looking at, at some of those opportunities and how do we align this uh, this ready initiative as a funding source to enable those opportunities. And so the first goal of, of this is to attract and retain talent here. So how can we continue and expand on what we did and the success of Regional Cities 1.0, have some of those big projects like the airport terminal renovation, the quality of place trails in Warwick County, um, some of the great things that happened in downtown like the YMCA project and uh, even, even some of our smaller projects like within the arts community, um, helping the Arts Council of Southwest Indiana find a new home. So how can we think about some of these really large scale uh, projects that that um, this is, is, again, one of those once in a lifetime opportunities to help get some of those fun things funded uh, to make this a great place where, where talent wants to live and wants to be. That's, that's really great. So would it be fair to say, uh, just on a very practical level, it is what Ready is really about is leveraging state funds or taxpayer dollars um, for greater private investment uh, in order to create more projects, to do placemaking, to create a, a better atmosphere for business and talent attraction and development. Is that sort of the, we're, we're sort of leveraging taxpayer dollars in, in, a, in a way that we can maximize them? Yeah, I, I think that, that you probably hit the nail on the head there. It's, it, it's, in, it's basically, it's our ability to attract and retain talent while building the brand uh, that, that in particular for this, our portion of Evansville and Southwest Indiana, that sort of drives that opportunity as we move forward. And so it, it's playing upon what happened in regional cities and, and just sort of taking it to the very next level. And, and the private investment's key. This just isn't a, a grant handout program. This is one where we need to bring the private investment because there's a specific match opportunity that's required um, to help leverage. So in, in the initial round, we turned that $42 million into a little under a billion dollars of investment into our com community. And that wasn't just happening with taxpayer funding. The majority, a little over 70% was coming from the private sector, which that just means... Um, additional prosperity uh, for, for our region. Yeah, but it can't just be a series of non-connected ideas. They really have to look at it strategically. What the state wants us to do is move our region of the state forward that has a positive impact upon the state overall. So it, it, it we you saw a lot of plans across the state is because this was a competitive process where mostly the interesting ideas, but really disconnected and not showing how the region continues to sustain itself over a longer period of time. And that's critical for this program. Yeah, that's really exciting. And I just, you know, big credit to you guys for figuring that out and making all those connections happen and, and continuing to do that. And, uh, you know, it's good that people would know how taxpayer dollars are leveraged and maximized through this addition of private investment to really accomplish these things. So that's, that's great. And that's really about uh, the key conversation we want to have with you is how are we growing the wealth in our area and who's focused on that? And, you know, one of the places, one of the questions we wanted to ask was just, where do you see hope? Yeah, like where, you know, there's a lot of challenges. There's, you know, we have the industries we have and who we are is who we are in this part of the state, right? And 
this is what we've been good at and we want to maximize that. But like, where, where do you see hope? What are you excited about? What initiatives or projects are coming up that you can tell us about that are, you know, pretty exciting for you to, to think about? Well, hope is always a relative term uh, because it's like anything else. Uh, it's what, what somebody may have a different set of expectations than, than what you or I may have. I think for us, though, we really want to leverage upon what are those key assets that we have and what what kind of, of capacity do we have in place and infrastructure in place that allows us to grow. And for us in particular, I more than likely, we're probably going to see a continued piece of, of the manufacturing side of what we did and, and then the health and life science. And, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. So as, as we're coming out of the pandemic, uh, in terms of MSAs, in terms of which MSA, that you know, metropolitan service area, that came out of the pandemic fastest uh, out in the state of Indiana, it was our MSA. Mm. And primarily, it had a lot to do with the mix that we had, our, our particular business uh, sector mix. And so I, I know sometimes we're not as, as sexy as on the East Coast and West Coast, as you see that people have these large real estate plays and things of that nature. We also are, are pretty even keel overall of not having the downturns as such. And so as you saw things coming back, we were less susceptible to some of these other sectors that were really more totally hospitality driven or, or tourism driven. And not to say that those are not important, but if, you, if you're relying upon just one of those sectors and not a blending of sectors, then your economy sometimes can suffer and it can have these kinds of ups and downs that occur uh, that you don't really want to see. You really want to see some consistent growth over a period of time. That's really encouraging to hear that. I didn't know that we were, you know, there was some sort of ranking of how cities kind of came out of the pandemic. And, and, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it, way it, to go, Evans. It's kind of one of those things. You look at the data and everything. It's and you're always now. Listen, are, are there cities that sort of really are these great booms and people want to? Sure, absolutely. You see that kind of thing, and you saw some of that in particular. Think about how many people prior to the pandemic. You estimated about 5 million people across the country were working on a remote basis. During the pandemic, you probably saw, if they could, not everybody could, but if they could, you probably saw 45 to 50 million people across the country. The issue for us is then how sticky will that be as, as we're coming back into the workplace? Will there be opportunities for people to, uh, to continue to work from home? And the reality is for a lot of individuals, they found out, you know, I can work from anywhere. Hey, why not work at a place like in Evansville, in the greater Evansville region, where I can actually have an impact upon what occurs here. It's hard to do those kind of things in large markets like Chicago or New York or Los Angeles, but you can really have an impact in a community such as ours. That's well said. What about you, Audrey? Where, where are you excited? What, what are you looking forward to? I think I take for granted being in the economic development space and the interactions that we get to have with high-level business leaders, the great business community that we have here. Um, I am in awe every day when we meet with these business leaders, how passionate they are about the Evansville region, how passionate they are about this community, how passionate and committed they are to growing. And I think that's something that gives me hope because it makes our jobs really easy when we have an idea or we have an initiative that we want to um, partner with with both the business community on and our elected officials on that if it's a growth opportunity they're inclined to say yes we want to do that that's for the betterment of our community which um, is, is positive for the business as well but uh, I think 
I think at heart, what gives me hope is that um, we've got some great business leaders here that are very impactful in our region and very supportive of what we're trying to do for Evansville. Yeah, I might add one thing, Ross, which think about how interesting it was just happened from an economic standpoint, just a couple of, of, of announcements that occurred over the last 30 days. One, Toyota announcing $803 million investment, 14 direct workers and, and the positive impact of the supply chain. Second, just yesterday, uh, the merging uh, with Old National being with now a $45 billion bank here, and the leadership with Jim Ryan, who's, who's the CEO, staying here, because that could have easily happened in a, in, a, in a whole different manner, how that played out. And the very fact that, that those investments are being made here versus somewhere else, I think speaks volumes about the ability for our community to adapt and move forward. That's a great point, Greg. Great, great point. Yeah, that's that's exciting news. There has been a lot of really good headlines, you could say. Uh, recently, and, I, and I'm excited, and I, and I I hope that that can we can figure out how that trickles down to everyone, right? Um, so there's the big headline, oh, and then there's, you really, yeah. I think it's critical for that to happen. We haven't totally figured that out as of yet, but certainly having the Talent 2025 initiative, that's one of, and, and in particular for EREP, our organization, that is one of the filters that we're, we're we are we have to embed in our DNA as we move forward. Excellent. Okay, so for our average listeners, I would say a common denominator is that they just love Evansville. So they might not particularly know much about economic development. What do you hope they take away from this conversation that maybe they can go and have conversations about with their friends and peers? Well, you know, I think more importantly, place matters. Uh, and and the kind of things you do in your neighborhood and the broader in your communities, cities and towns, in your counties, it's all connected. And, and it has an impact in the broader sense of how our economy moves, works. It's a living, breathing thing. And, and certainly you have, in particular, you're saying during the pandemic, we had ups and downs. But for us to continue to have the, really, the right kind of trajectory, uh, we need to be sort of working in, in, the, in the same pathway. And so for us, it's... When you think about economic development, a lot of times you, you kind of just think it's all about jobs, 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 and it really isn't. Uh, it, it's it's less about that. It's certainly important. It's really about helping being in a position to create wealth, which helps do all the things that we want to be able to accomplish. Right, Adrian, this is that part in the podcast where we get a chance just between ourselves and with our audience just to debrief what we just heard. Yeah. And I, I'm glad we get to do that because uh, it, this is a sort of a harder topic to engage because it feels a little less tangible, a little less concrete, a little like yes. I can't contribute to it in any way. Right. Um, and so I'm curious, like, what's going on in your head? What are you thinking about? Yeah, during that conversation, I was it was definitely hard to even think of questions to ask. I don't even know the right questions to ask uh, in this case. But I did I did appreciate the talent 2025 goals because that's something I can say, mm -hmm. oh, our city is working on a goal to get 10,000 more people here. Yeah. And to get 5,000 more jobs here. And that is something, mm -hmm. yes, high paying jobs. And so that is something to really look forward to that we're not just a stagnant, stale city, um, yep. but we're really working on growing. Well, and I, I know both Greg and Audrey are, 
you know, really excited about where we're headed and trying yes. to grow. And I think it's important to point out, you know, there's, there's talent 2025 because we don't want to remain in the status quo. Right. Uh, so for like population growth, add 10,000 people. Well, historically we haven't grown the region in terms of population. We haven't, we haven't uh, decreased really, but mm-hmm. we haven't increased in a while either. And so we kind of have this revolving door of new people and other people leaving. And so what does it look like for us to say, okay, this is a goal. We want to figure out some strategies that really help people decide like Evansville is where I want to plant. Evansville is where I want to be. And and I think a lot of our podcast uh, is really related to that. You know, if yes. we have stable housing and we see more racial unity and better mental wellness and children being taken care of really well, like we've been hearing from our previous guests, uh, that's going to contribute to that population idea. Um, and and yeah. in terms of that economic capacity, then uh, we all get to benefit from having more people here and creating more wealth, creating better jobs. And so it's, it is all connected, but it, it is hard to sort out. And I think we'll see less almost turnover. I feel like people who grew up here and have lived here their whole lives, they have a mindset. I know I'm one of those people, you know, there's nothing here for me. I, I can't grow here, but hearing these new jobs and new ideas coming in, I now think, you know, there, there are places for people. There are places for growth. People who are developing our city really care about training me to, to have a high, higher paying job. They care about my talent, you know, those things. And so I really hope that encourages people when you contribute here, you will love it here. That's something we've, we keep hearing over and over again. And so instead of saying, what can my city do for me? Um, well, in this case, we're hearing what their city is trying to do for us, but also saying, but I need to start doing things for my city to continue making it a better place to live. Yeah, that's really good. And and I think this, it's safe to say this episode is, is highly informational. You know, we, yes. we learned a lot about some of the things that are coming into our city, like the ready, you know, the potential of millions of dollars coming here that would help generate even more investment. And that's really important. And we heard about how economic development is sort of structured in our region. And and that's not something we probably learn a lot about um, normally. And so it was good uh, just to learn how some of that works, but applying it to like our individual lives and how that makes an impact. To me, the bottom line goes to the kind of jobs we have um, and what kind of jobs can we continue to generate. And so I think entrepreneurship and small business and that focus um, are really, really important. And we do get to contribute to those in some way. We, we, um, we shop at local places. We leverage small businesses from here. Uh, We celebrate the people we know that work at those places and uh, we want them to feel good about the kind of work that they're doing. Um, One of the um, aspects of our vision statement even is that every person would have work that provides community value and individual purpose. And that's definitely in alignment with growing into our economic potential, you know, what what our highest capacity could be as a region. Um, And I think that's really, really crucial aspect. Okay, so that segues perfectly into the next half of our For Evansville podcast season, which I'm really looking forward to. We have brought people from all of those sectors 
in. We've interviewed them. We've had some really great conversations. So it's the people on the ground doing the work uh, in their everyday lives, sometimes volunteers, sometimes their occupation, uh, but or just passion. We can't wait for you to listen. That's starting next month. Uh, so we're really hoping that you'll be just inspired by these people who are living for Evansville. They want to contribute to their city because they love it. And so we are so excited for you to hear that. And we want to share those things with you. So keep a lookout for those. Uh, if you have anything you want to add to the conversation today or even questions that you have, maybe some questions that have come up in this conversation that we can go, we can either go back and ask people uh, to answer those, or maybe we can figure out those answers for you. Please contact us at info at fortevansville.org. That's our email address. Or you can join the conversation on our social, which is at fortevansville. Thanks for listening to another episode. Thanks. Thanks.